what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.tv podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. Off to my right. It's been so long since we've gotten together. I kind of forgot which way. It's been a long time, man. To which way to point over to you. But to my well, point. and I'm sure people are people are just on their edge of their seats, hoping that you'll remember which direction. I mean, that's that's kind of like the. I mean, you're it's the Johnny Carson. I mean, it's the you know, it's your thing, right? It's your thing. It is. So. It's my little thing. I do the head the head tilt. To whichever mm-hmm. direction you are, to which your is opposite left. of what I'm seeing on the screen, so that's what throws me off. Yeah. Um, yep. Speaking of people waiting, Brian, I understand. Do you want to restart? Do you want to restart? Or, or no, no, good. I'm good. We're okay. gonna, we're just gonna we're doing it live. <laughs> we're just we're doing it. We're pushing it. It's great. I have heard that there are some people uh, that were waiting by their computer for like the last three weeks, hmm. um, anxiously waiting to see when we were coming back uh, with the next episode. And uh, I'm here to tell everybody, you're welcome. We're here. Um, sorry well, for the delay. Sorry for the wait anybody uh, had to endure. We just had to wait for one of our co-hosts. I'm not going to say which one. One of our co-hosts to decide to actually get back to his house and yeah, come back out from a long, nice vacation he had. You know, I'm a big believer of kind of absence makes the heart grow fonder. Right. I mean, if people are, we're just, we're making them want more. And, you know, when, when they can't have something, I'm sure that there's yeah. just a greater desire to, mm-hmm. to consume what they do get eventually. So, um, so you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm sure our viewership is going to grow and uh, people have just. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Our viewership will grow. That's right. That- more truthful words have never been. <laughs> we'll see those numbers just skyrocket. Uh, this is, well, okay. This is not just Brian and Alan getting together and talking. Well, actually, it can, okay. um, <laughs> this is, this uh, is Brothers in Tech, our show where we get together, Brian and I get together and we talk technology, but we talk about it from a very home and personal and family and kind of uh, use of technology. We, we don't get into a lot of, super high-end things. We don't talk about it from a corporate enterprise. We're not futurist. We're not here to try to, you know, talk about huge technology, future trends type of thing. Well, I mean, a little bit. We're really focused more on what's what's going on in, in your home, in your house, with your personal life, with your use of technology, especially when it comes to using Macs, Apple computers, Apple devices. That's kind of our thing. We are a little heavier into that. We'll dip in our toe into some other computing worlds every once in a while. But the Mac and Apple world is is still kind of our bread and butter. And we love home automation. So we always try to weave in whatever we can. It has to do with the home in general, technology for the home, uh, automation for the home, your personal life, whatever it may be. Um, so, Brian, that's what we do here. Uh, you've been gone for a while. I wanted to make sure you remembered. Thanks. Thanks. What the show is yeah. about. <laughs> let me let me put my Samsung up aside now, since all my 
my notes were about my Samsung. Like a yep. whole different topic where you start talking about, you know, food cooking or something. I'm like, no, 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 Brian, that's, that's a different show. This is the technology <laughs> show. We talk about technology here. Um, so you had a good trip. You had a good, uh, I had, good had a great trip. You had a great trip. Yeah. So, uh, my wife and I would love to, uh, to, to get out and camp. And Alan, we've talked about, uh, I don't know if we've talked about on the podcast, but we have an old Volkswagen van, um, Mm. that we, we jump in and, and drive and, and hope, uh, it makes the trip uh, without too many, uh, disturbances. And so we camp in it and camp, uh, we kind of glamp in it and, Mm. um, yeah. So we got up to Canada got up to, uh, to the, Canadian Rockies area and, um, spent about two weeks, uh, and the weather was nicer up there. It was much cooler. And then as we started coming back towards the border, it got it to be miserably hot. Mm -hmm. That's where, that's where having a van without AC, uh, becomes a a real challenge. And, uh, so we always go North instead of South, but, but it was good. We had a, we had a great time, some, uh, really, really great hikes and, um, May have may have some topics to talk about eventually regarding yeah. travel, you know, travel with uh, technology and how to utilize technology in uh, camping environments, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think that'd be a great topic. I'd love to hear some thoughts on that. So uh, just, just technology while traveling and how to kind of cope with some of the, the challenges you run into a little bit while traveling and best yep. technology there. Um, we are going to get into, not this episode, I do want to hear from the, from you on that in a future time, Brian. <laughs> it's Today, like, okay, uh, shut, shut up, Al, uh, shut up, Brian, and like, let's get going. <laughs> I, I really was just trying to give you 30 seconds just to do some pleasantries. I wasn't expecting a really long conversation here. Thanks. Yeah. Um, we are going to get into our brothers in tech suggestions. This is a bits episode. Bits is a terminology that uh, Brian came up with and did a really nice job with. We're taking, uh, the novel idea of taking words, and then if you take the first letter from each word, it creates a shorter word. Um, I think it's called an acronym. I think I looked it up one day, and there is an actual term for it. And Brian did this with Brothers in Tech Suggestions, as you see on the screen if you're watching a video. And that is BITS, B-I-T-S, which is also a technology term. So that's where it's kind of, quote, clever, unquote, um, that Brian came up with this. <laughs> So, so we're going to get into our brothers and tech suggestions. This is where Brian and I both give a recommendation or a suggestion of a piece of technology. It could be a app, could be a website, could be a gadget, could be anything that you plug in, have a battery with, does something with some computing knowledge, anything. Yeah. That's kind of our game. And, and, and the goal for me anyway, Brian, is to see who has the better bits episode uh, recommendation this episode and also who gets the other person to spend more money um yes i do get a little nervous i get a little nervous in our bits episodes because i typically will find something that you recommend that i find myself wanting to buy and i probably don't need to but i want to now that you mentioned <laughs> it so we'll see if that happens today or not as well okay um but really quick before we get into bits brian i just got one more important topic to bring up Oh, okay, um, good. I understand that in Oregon now, you can get out <laughs> of your car and pump your own gas. Is that correct? 
That is correct. As of uh, as of this past weekend, yes, or as of I guess on Friday, maybe. Yep. Do you need any assistance in remembering how to put gas I, in your vehicle? I was actually given a video today uh, by hey, a another good. friend friend of the uh, program, Jeffrey Harden Tartman. Right. Immediately sent me a video that how to good. pump my own gas. And yes, uh, I wanted to make. I sure. did not. I did not need to know that. Um, mm. but I'm sure there are people that did now I went to get gas this morning. Um, and there are still attendants, but the attendants are actually teaching people <laughs> how to pump their own gas. Really? Are they really? Yes. Oh yeah. They're walking around. He came up to me and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm <laughs> you good. You know what to do. Everybody just stay calm. We're all going to get through this together. <laughs> You don't drink that. Okay. Um, no, 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 yeah. no. Don't put that nozzle up to your mouth. <laughs> Please do not do that. I just, I mean, that uh, news came across and it, I mean, I'm hearing it on the news, you know, last week. I'm yep. like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's yep. still a thing out in Oregon. You guys still, oh. gas stations, the people at the gas stations pump the gas for you. You're not allowed to get out of your car and pump your own gas. That's right. That's correct. Up, uh, us weekend. in New Jersey. New Jersey New and Jersey's Oregon. The same thing, huh? So New Jersey's okay. the only one left now. Yeah, wow. they're the only one in which uh, you do not pump your own gas. Um, That's amazing. And I think in out here for they're going to slow roll it out here. So there'll still be mm. attendants that will in case you need it or want it, or if they want to give different service. But uh, yeah, no, you can now, which is which is good. Um, well, I'm glad they're not going cold turkey. Cause that would be, that would be rough. I think that'd be everything would shut down. You gotta, you gotta gradually wean the wean away from it. Right. No, I I'm, I'm excited to go to my classes that start in a few weeks and talk to some of my students who probably have never pumped their own gas in their entire life. And we'll go through, we'll go through some procedures and, uh, um, yeah. Well, welcome, welcome back to the world of having, uh, your hands smell like gasoline uh, yeah, by accidentally yep. getting on them for the rest of the day. Um, yeah, welcome, welcome back to that. So, uh, well, I have to tell you that world. the you know the old van that I have um, when we travel, obviously we're out of the state and we mm-hmm. pump our own gas. But um, just on a side, and this is probably the furthest away from technology that you can get. But when you have an old van, uh, the gas seals, the seals at the mm-hmm. top of the gas tank will will deteriorate over time. So okay. there's the gas tank. And then above mm-hmm. the tank, there are these rubber seals that keep it so that, you know, air can get out, but yet, you know, you're not losing gas. Well, uh, we've always had the fumes. So when we pump, uh, pump our gas, uh, fill up with gas for the next 20 miles, we'll, we'll smell gasoline. And, uh, mm-hmm. But this time we haven't used our van in a while and we realized that the seals have completely gone out. So mm-hmm. I say this because it made me look like I did not know how to fill up gas because mm-hmm. if you fill the gas tank up fully, gas just starts spilling all over the ground. So I probably lost a gallon of gas, not having any idea that it was spilling on the ground. And people ran up to me like, hey, dude, you're losing gas. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, now I can no longer fill up my tank until I reseal yeah. it. So You're from Oregon. Anyway, they're like, you? oh, Oregon. <laughs> yes, <right. laughs> you don't know how to do yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, son, hey, listen, let me let me, let me, let me show do you how. You need how. to call an so. attendant out to help you out with this. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my phone. There's a YouTube uh, video right. that I'd like you to watch. So, uh, yeah. 
What a crazy. Well, there thing. you go. Well, it's a crazy very, world. We're, yeah, we're very proud we of you, Oregonians, for uh, joining the rest of the the rest of the union. On uh, well, everybody's happy about it right now. Politics. I think until the rainy season starts, and then oh, yeah. we'll remember how nice it was not to have to get out of our car when we yeah. went to go fill up our gas. So anyway, yeah, uh, fun times. Well, good. Well, well, are we ready? Are we ready to I jump to get, in here? Bits. Let's, I guess let's get into technology. We've talked about cars we've talked about gas we've talked about uh everything else so let's get into technology brian our brothers in tech suggestions would you like to go first and uh talk us through your first your first suggestion for today uh sure yeah um so i have uh well while we're talking about the van uh i thought i would tell you uh about a, a technology update that i made to my van um mm. but it's an update that i think can be useful for others as well so okay. um you know one of the things about camping especially when you're van camping or rv camping right is usually there are uh there's a there's a need for a secondary batter, battery we usually call it the house battery right so you've got your starter battery which uh, is what you use to, you know, spark the the uh, the starting of your your car. And then if you had your car off and you wanted your radio on or something, it that's why we tend to get the draining of the battery, right? If you left if you left your lights on on a regular car, um, it's draining right. the one battery that it has, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when you're RV camping or you're van camping, you don't want that to happen because oftentimes you are in one place wanting to use your radio, something like that. So. We have, um, you know, several years back, obviously, really beneficial to add a secondary battery, and it's the house battery, so I can be camping somewhere, plug in, or I could, I can plug into the cigarette lighter, I can plug in uh, a uh, USB cable, uh, I can charge my phone, I can run the radio, and do all these things off of the house battery, um, and that's been great, right? It's been really nice, but if you're in one place for a long time you also drain that house battery. And unless mm-hmm. you're at an RV park or something, which we don't tend to go to, where you could plug in your, you know, your plug into a, uh, an electrical uh, and recharge, then you're kind of out of luck after a while. You either have to restart the, the engine to use the alternator to charge the battery up, or you've got to find some other ways. So I wanted to share with you, I, I found another way, or I mm. kind of moved into the techie way of having another way of doing it. And let me show you what I did. So Alan, there's my screen. I'm going to go ahead and widen it up here. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, look at this. So what what we decided to do was uh, jump into the solar world and yeah. and so first of all anybody who's interested if if you're if you're a Volkswagen van fan uh, and that's what we have and there's a there's a whole network of people out there that have old Volkswagen vans uh, called Vanigans or the the old buses there's a website called Go Westy right and Westy means the Westphalia is the the, the type of van uh, camper that we have. And Go Westy is pretty much a way I can buy anything to replace on my van. I can buy a windshield wiper handle. I can buy a new seal. I can get new carpet, whatever. But one of the things that it started to um, push was this foldable solar suitcase. And hmm. what's really cool about it is, I'll kind of go to a different picture here. <clears throat> 
Uh, so it comes with a suitcase, uh, and the suitcase is really just um, uh, it's kind of like a um, if you've ever had uh, sunglasses that have kind of a hard case to them. They're not they're not hard plastic, but they're almost like right. a tight nylon, right? Mm-hmm. That's what this case is, which is really nice. But the beautiful part about it, and this is getting into the van stuff again, but the beautiful part is this particular solar panel fits mm-hmm. it perfectly on our roof in the little uh, storage bin that's right above the cabin. So we have a storage okay. area. We could put bags and whatnot. This fits perfectly in there, jams in. You don't even have to really strap it down. It's so tight that it fits in. But what's nice about the solar is we can get to a campsite, pull the the solar panel out. And as you see, the solar panel opens up. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of foldable. So it opens up. There's little legs on the back. You point it to wherever the sun is at that point in time, connected into my um, house battery. And Mm -hmm. while we're camping and hanging out, assuming we've got a decent amount of sun, it's going to continue to trickle, trickle charge Mm -hmm. our house battery. Right. So we don't get stuck if we decide to stay three or four days and not move the van at all. We're not, you know, we're not going to be at a point where, which we have had, where, uh, you know, we wake up in the morning and our battery is totally dead, which means that we can't turn on our water. You know, we've got Mm -hmm. a water tank that needs power in order to pump the water. Um, Can't do anything. Right. And you can still start your car. But anyway, so uh, so this has been great and it worked Fabulously. Now, for anybody who's who's not gotten into the the solar world and doesn't really know how they work, uh, first of all, it isn't just like you have a solar panel and you can plug into it, right? What happens is the solar panel is like any other power source that uh, will then need to connect and have some sort of regulator. So just like you would with any other power source, there needs to be some way in which it regulates the type of power it's getting so that it converts it over to battery power. So along with that, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna show you these two things um, mm-hmm. mainly to, to, make, to let people know that it's not that difficult. Um, I bought something on Amazon, uh, which was the regulator or the controller. So this one was just, what is it? It's called Bo- Boge RV. Bausch mm-hmm. RV, something like that. It's just, there's tons of these and you don't need to buy, you don't need to spend a lot of money, especially if you only have one of these panels. If you're someone mm-hmm. who buys a bunch of panels, like four panels and wants to put them on a big RV, you probably need one that can control having multiple panels coming in. But okay. with just one panel, you can get them for 20 bucks. This one was 40. Um, and even though it looks like you've got to do some wiring here, really all you do is you're clamping wire with some of these end clamps putting them into the proper location so alan you can just look here it's pretty simple number one and two is the red and black for the solar so you have a cable coming from the solar panel that goes there you have another cable that goes to your battery if that's what you're charging they go in three and Mm -hmm. four and then if you wanted to you could have maybe a light or some other thing that was actually working off of that solar right and you put it in five and six we don't uh, but what was really cool is this one came with usb as well so technically we don't even have to have the battery on there we could have the solar plugged in and so then you could actually have solar charge our phones straight to your phone yep straight to charge. So this this box okay. basically is taking solar panel uh, power converting it so that you can use it electrically um for other uh, features. So, so Brian, in theory, yeah. then, even if I was not, which I'm not, 
a Volkswagen owner. Yes. I'm not a, I don't do tons of, uh, traveling, you know, yep. like uh, RV traveling, way, RV traveling. Mm-hmm. But if I wanted to make use of solar power and I had solar panel, like that suitcase you showed. Yep. And you have this controller Solar power goes into the controller, then the controller comes out and it can be going to a device that I'm wanting to get power to. Or if I do have some sort of rechargeable battery that I'm wanting to fill back up, I use the connector to do that. Right, right. So these are these are called like inverters, right? You've you've heard of inverters, right? So Mm -hmm. like if I want to charge my battery from the wall when I'm at home and I'm in my our garage. I need an inverter. I still need it inverted in order to make that power come from the battery back to electric. Okay. So I have electric going into the battery and then battery going into electric. If I wanted to use it that way, there's another inverter. This is basically an inverter. So it, what it does is it takes one form of power and gives you another. But yeah, you you could. And, and I'll go ahead and tell you that 100 watt suitcase that I just showed you, you don't need that. Right. If you just wanted to charge your phones, right, you sure. could get the ones that just roll up, right? There are some that roll up. You could put them on your, stick them on your window, have hmm. a little little box underneath it that you can plug your USB in and, and go with it. I would just say I, I'm super, I was super pumped to finally be in a position where I felt like I was using the power that was naturally available to me mm-hmm. and, yep. you know, sure. knew that I wouldn't get in a place where I was going to get stuck and needing to, you know, turn on my car every so often just to try to recharge my house battery. Um, so this was really, really cool. And uh, so right. I'm obviously not suggesting that people need this particular solar panel. This is overkill for anybody that wants to just have the ability to charge the phones but there are some really, really cool solar um, solar uh, panels out there. Um, Renology is the company, um, or Ren, 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 not Renology, Renergy, Renergy, maybe Renergy, yeah, Renergy, kind of like maybe Renergy, Renergy. I would think like energy. I think it would be like energy. Renogi could be. It could be. It could be. I'm assuming it's like energy, right? Re-energy is uh, what I'm assuming it means, right? Re-energy. Um, re-energy. Yeah. So re-energy is what I'm assuming it is, right? They're big. They're a big uh, solar panel company. And you can go to their website and you can see tons of things. Even Amazon sells re-energy stuff. Um, and they're great. Really well-made. I mean, this thing is super heavy, well-made, solid. I mean, I hosed it down afterwards because we had had it at a campsite and got dirty and everything, no problems whatsoever. But I did realize what you do need is you need the solar, you need the wire. So I bought the wire separate. I bought like 30 Mm -hmm. feet of this wire. Um, And then I needed the, um, uh, I needed the inverter. And so for me, you know, if I would have gotten maybe, I didn't have to get the 100 watt, I could have gotten maybe a 50 watt or something. Um, I could probably have done it for maybe a hundred or 200 for a nice solar panel, 20 to 30 bucks for an inverter and another 20 bucks for some cable. And you're set now to get some power, um, off the grid. So, uh, yeah. So I think that would, that just made me feel really good that it worked and how easy it worked. You know, I plugged them in, clamped, clamped the wires so that they worked into this, um, this setup and right away it tells me. So what's really cool, Alan, is that screen that's on the top there. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, it'll tell you. So if I get the solar panel in the right place, it'll tell you, well, here's the voltage of your battery right now. And then it'll flash between that and here's how much power you're gaining right now. And it would go a bright sunny day, maybe four amps, four or five amps. And then as it went down, I keep checking it. Oh, I realize I need to turn my solar panel and face, you know, the mm-hmm. sun where it moved mm-hmm. a little bit. So, uh, yeah. Very cool. Um, again, don't don't go and spend a lot of money on an inverter unless, and I did read a lot about this, unless you have like multiple panels that you're trying to integrate together. Okay. Um, multiple panels will require something that's more expensive. You see here at the top, Alan, this Renogy Pure mm-hmm. Sine Wave inverter at $460. Yeah. Sine wave is where it takes multiple multiple energy levels, puts them together, and, and it's a much it's a much more efficient way to use inversion. But you don't need that, right? If you only yeah, have one right. panel, it's a waste of money to do uh, to do. So you're saying really stuff. more like the twenty to thirty dollar range or something. Kind I of think I think twenty to thirty is fine if you're just mm-hmm. doing one panel and all you need to do yeah. is push into one battery get that solar um, power and funnel it yep. into a outlet or a plug or something you that's can right. right and there is some conversions just to, for people to be aware of if you've got a panel you need to make sure that your inverter can handle the amount of wattage that your panel has and there's a there's a, a scale there but mine was plenty good for 100 watts but if you had let's say a 500 watt panel you had to make sure the inverter can handle the, the amount of power that's going to come in but Super, super clean. Uh, it was able to continue to trickle charge our battery while we were, you know, uh, boondocking and camping, and uh, so made it made it super nice. So good. So that's my that's my first pick. Kind of a combo of using yeah. solar and realizing it's not that difficult. You just need to have an inverter and um, or you know buy a solar panel that that already has everything together, but there are kind of some pretty cool ways to do this. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, if I ever, and this is if, if I ever leave a facility, the comforts of your power, <laughs> um, I will keep this in mind. <laughs> yeah. But Brian, and I have worked really hard in my 50 years on this earth to now get to a point where, I never put myself in a situation where I'm that far away from a plug (laughs) (laughs) Um, or air conditioning or anything. Yes. If an emergency breaks out and I have to go somewhere and I do get stuck somewhere and it's good to know that there's some tech available to to help. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. Well, and, and, and if, if the world ever comes to an end where, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the grid goes completely haywire, I've got a nice solar panel, that I'll at least be able to charge my, you know, charge my devices, my fan, you know, my fan, USB fan, if I need to just You'll off be of all the sad. sun. I'll yep. be over, I'll be curled up in the fetal position in a corner somewhere. <laughs> so you will be sad. I have no doubt. I, no I will not yep. be. So. Yeah. Um, okay, Brian. So uh, my my first bit, my first brothers in tech suggestion. All right. It's it there's a there's gonna be some steps involved in this, but this is ultimately getting me to my my suggestion here. Um because I, I kind of spent about half my weekend between trying to catch up on some work, I spent the rest of it just messing around with some home automation. This is a Lutron Pico smart remote. Now mm. Uh, $20, but let me back up and explain a little bit about this. Lutron is a maker of a lot of uh, 
really nice lighting products. Both traditional wired lighting products like switches, like dimmers, but they've also gotten into the home automation world as well. So they make a lot of light switches that you can wire up and replace existing light switches, but they can control other devices. They can also trigger devices that are uh, on your home automation system as well, as well as the light that they're controlling. I've got one of these Lutron light switches in my house. It came with, let me, let me pull this back down for a second. When I bought that light switch, traditional light switch that I put in and rewired and replaced the switch, and it's now controlling a nice light we have in our dining area that kind of, I can dim up and down on it. It came with a extra little remote. Hmm. Now, this is that Pico remote I was just showing you. It came with the light switch I, I bought. And the idea with the Pico remote is that this is a wireless, completely wireless. You do not have to run wires to it like the other main switch does. This is truly a wireless remote. It has, as you can see on it, it's got uh, five buttons on it. Now, when you buy a light switch from Lutron and it comes with the Pico remote, the Pico remote by default is meant to act as another controller for that light switch you put on. So let's say, for example, you put a light switch on a wall and you're like, okay, cool. I can control my light from that light switch. It is now uh, taken on that functionality, but I'd like to also control that same light from somewhere else in the house. That's what the Pico remote does. It basically links up with your, your other light fixture and acts as another remote for it. Okay. Out of the box, that's what it does. So I'm sitting here, I installed the light several months ago and I've had this little Pico remote sitting staring me in the face on my desk here for quite a while because I don't have a place for it. I'm like, well, look, that thing, I hate having a piece of technology I can't use. And I really don't have a need for another light switch for that same light anywhere else in the house. So I did some research. I'm just trying to think, you know, there's got to be a way to be able to use this some other way and not just linked up to that same light. Sure enough, I found a, a some links and some uh, documentation on how you can actually turn this little remote into its own freestanding remote for hmm. anything on your HomeKit network. Okay. It does use HomeBridge, which you and I have talked about a couple of times. We, I think last episode or two episodes ago, we talked about HomeBridge some more. Yep. That's the open source software that you can run to basically take things that are not for your home kit environment and make them part of your home kit environment. So let me uh, bring that back up just to remind everybody. Um, oh, hold on. I'm going to have to share the right screen. Let me get that right one up there. Let me just get the window. All right. So the home bridge, if you are running home bridge and again, we've talked about home bridge in the past, free software has to run on a computer or a, network storage and it basically allows you to link up other things to your home kit network there is a plugin called the lutron cassetta leap if you install this plugin to your home bridge and then here's the rub you do need still the lutron actual physical hub that comes with the lutron yeah. light kit all right that's the one drawback i wish you didn't need that it would be really cool if you could use these on their own. But if you have that hub, then you can actually take any of these little Pico remotes 
and you can program them and make them do anything you want them to do on your home network without having to be connected to one of your light fixtures that the light switch came with. And because Am- or Lutron sells these actual remotes by themselves for $19, $20. Again, Lutron selling them with the idea that you're going to buy these and automatically use their Lutron app and connect it to the Lutron light that you already have installed in your house as another remote for it. But I'm saying, no, you can actually make these work on hmm. their own as well. Yeah. So let me show you um, when you install the, the home bridge plugin and you've got that running, then what you would have is let me bring up my home app. Uh, where is home? Here it is. Yep. So if I'm looking at my home app, once I installed that, um, I, I go to the Lutron app, the app that comes with the hub that you have to get the yep. Lutron hub. And I add this to my, my Lutron system, but I do not tell it to connect it to a light switch that's already in existence. I just register this and I don't do anything else with it on the Lutron app. Because Homebridge is running, it's got that plug-in, it pops up in my home environment now as a remote. If I go in here and, oh, you're not going to be able to see this window. Shoot, hold on. Sorry, it's a little drawback of the screen sharing here. I always forget that it does not let you see pop-up windows that come up. So let's do this. Can I you just do share the, my entire screen. The selection or? Yeah. yeah, here you go. So now if I go in and do this, this is my Pico remote. If I go in and I take a look at the details on it, you will see on the screen here that I've actually got all five buttons huh. that I can program. And with each button, I can program a single press, a double press, or a long press. So if you think about it, that's technically five buttons on here, each of them with three different button states. You could have up to 15 different programmable actions on this little, hmm. this little guy. So I was trying to be creative and think, okay, how could I use this? Like, what would be a good use for this? We have uh, garage doors on a, on a uh, uh, freestanding garage out back that we've got those garage doors on uh, our home kit where we can tell Siri to open or close a garage door. But you have to go to your phone or you have to be somewhere where you use Siri to do that. There's been a lot of times where I've needed to just get the garage door open before I go outside and walk over to the garage. So I thought, okay, well, what I'll do then is I can even just position this horizontally and I can have one side button be the garage door on the left. I can have the other one be the garage door on the right. Uh, I could probably program like a button in the middle to be like close both of them. You know, if I wanted to have both of them close at the same time. And I can mount this right inside my door that leads out to where the garage is. So I'm like, okay, well, that's a good way to do it. That can be very flexible with the buttons and kind of control those. So just, it does take a couple steps to get there. And yes, you do have to get that Lutron hub to make it all work. Yeah. I will say the Lutron light switches are awesome. I do have one of them. I love it. It's so good. It is a little pricey. So I'm not recommending everybody could just run out and replace all their light switches as much as I would love to do that. That's it's, it's a little cost prohibitive to go and do that. But if you can get that one hub, the Lutron hub that comes with, and then you get one of these Pico remotes or multiple of these running Homebridge, at least got to have that running as well. 
you can now make these little switches do a whole lot of other things you want to have done. That's super cool. Yeah. So like I said, it took a few steps to get there. And it honestly was something I kind of started doing because I just did not like having a little piece of technology laying around that I couldn't (laughs) figure out how to use. So it took a few steps, but getting there, I really, really like how this thing works out to the point now where I'm thinking about getting a couple more of these. And I've already got some other ideas of things I could do around the house that um, would be nice and so small. Oh, and let me show you too. This may be something of interest um, to you also. The Lutron Pico, when you get it, one of the accessories that comes with it when you buy it by yourself is this little guy, which is a stand for it that can mount it. So then becomes almost like a little desktop mount for that Pico remote. So now start to think about if you wanted Mm -hmm. to have something uh, home entertainment set up where you wanted to have these buttons do, and you got five different buttons you could uh, use for that. You could have one be a volume up and down if you could kind of program that to do volume on your device. There's just a lot of things you can start to play with when you have a little desk-mounted stand for this. It also has a nice um, mount that kind of makes it look like a light switch on the wall. So that's kind of what yeah. it's inherently made to look like. But it's just a lot of flexibility. Yeah. So you could have it on the table. You could have it up on the wall. You could have it just freestanding. So... A lot of different ways to use it. I love the form factor. I love how small this thing is and how flexible. Um, If you can go through those extra steps to get it to do what you want it to do and to make it work with your system, uh, it's pretty cool. So, uh, and uh, and I couldn't see on the the home the home app. Can you can you tell it to do a constant constant press as well as a single action? I'm thinking. You know, could you could you could you make that um, with your uh, blinds, your mechanical blinds that you have? Could you make it so that one arrow, if you held it, it would open your blinds part of the way and, you know, go back the other way? Or is it a kind of a one-click blinds open or one-click blind close? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Could you do it's like of- dimming, dimming and, you know, yeah multiple dimming pieces what does it have well there's there is a long press option but okay. I, I i don't know how I think that's more another trigger mm, a single trigger right yeah. yeah so it's not a matter of like saying okay well if i press and hold down the down button that that opens it further or opens yeah. dims it no. more right right i don't think it'll do that i think it's truly still built upon singular action so because you're basically saying if i want to say i want button number two I can choose any of my accessories or items that I want to do something. Um, Like if I did my curtains and I could tell it to what amount I want my curtain open or closed, Hmm. but I I can't make it a gradiating. Right. Do it. Continue to do it. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, that's cool though, yeah, man. That's that's out. nice. And you yeah. and so you showed it there. It was what's the hub cost? Ah, uh, good question. Is it the usual 50, 50 bucks, something like that? Um more. I don't think I've priced out the hub by itself. So let me see here. Hold on. Let's see if it's uh let's see, Lutron stuff. I know if you get a kit, which is what I had done initially, which is the hub, 
a dim, an actual dimmer light switch, you know, the main mm-hmm. light switch. And then it also comes with the Pico. It was 99 bucks. I don't okay. know how it breaks down to yeah. the hub versus the switch. They are, they're, you know, you get what you pay for. They are good. They are very, very good quality stuff. I mean, they're kind of the, the gold standard for light fixtures right. that are light, yep. home automation driven. I don't see where you can get the the hub by itself too easily. Maybe you can. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the angle I would take is I see that to get a switch and a Pico remote is $70 to get it with a hub is a hundred. So that's about a $30 difference. Mm. So I'm going to guess you're probably in that 30, 30 to $40 range for the hub. <laughs> Yeah, I just pulled one up, uh, Lutron Cassetta Smart Hub. Yep. Is that the one? That's mm-hmm. 80 bucks. So you're Whoa. you're much better off buying the Wait is that that doesn't include any switches or anything? Yeah, but I'm thinking that may be unnecessary. Let's see. The next one says smart switch front porch with the smart hub for between 53 and 258. Um yeah, some of the some of the hubs. Yeah, it it looks like you're much better off buying it as a package and getting kit. the hub. Yeah. Yep, okay. yep, for sure. Well, I am a fan of the Lutron light switches. You could put a lot of you could sink a lot of money into it if you went and tried to replace a lot of your switches. I I'm doing it in a very gradual process for me. One, you know, whenever I've got a light fixture that I really need to be able to change the controlling of it, and I want it to do something, but also trigger an action for another home automation device. The light, the Lutrons are great for that. The Picos are awesome. If you have one of the Lutron hubs, then I would definitely recommend $19 getting some of the little, the little Pico remotes and using those for anything else you want in your, your home automation setup. So, yeah. Very cool. Okay. Got a little, I got a little, uh, got a little deep, but got a little technical on that one. So <laughs> maybe we'll go, uh, Maybe we'll go a little uh, a little further on the next one. We'll see. I am excited about my next one. I'll get to you after you. Not to put any pressure on you, Brian. I'm sure yours is going to be great, too. But I... please go ahead and tell me your second one here. I'm excited. Okay. All right. So, um, Alan, if well, let's see. So first of all, I'm going to uh, I'm going to admit to you something with this uh, this pick. Something that I'm maybe a little bit embarrassed about initially, um, but oh, in hindsight, please, barely. Please <laughs> yeah. Wait. So for, for one, uh, I, I think I got suckered into this app, this service um, through some form of social media. And I can't remember what it was, but it was one of the typical social media advertisements that talked about weight loss and fitness and nutrition and all sorts of things. Right. Um, so I was in a mood where I was going to give it a shot and see what uh, this service was all about. Um, and it was specifically revolved around the intermittent fasting. Alan, I don't know if you've you know kind of done any of that or tried that and the kind of the, sure. the process involved there. First, just for people, given that this is generally my area, um, you know, intermittent fasting has become pretty, a pretty hot topic. And I think for one reason only, which is, too many of us eat and drink late before we go to bed and we find ourselves sleeping and not burning any of that that we consumed right before bedtime. Nope. Right. It's totally been my, my issue. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people started using this idea of intermittent fasting as, well, let's let's find a block of that 24 hours, a big block, say 12 hours, 13 hours, where you don't eat or drink anything, right, other than water. And if you do that, then you're giving yourself what you're doing is you're kind of forcing your metabolism to kick in and say, okay, well, if you go for a certain amount of time, it starts to burn fat because it doesn't have, you know, energy coming in that it's able Mm -hmm. to use. And then it says, okay, well, I'm going to need to kick my metabolism up to start burning stuff. And then you, you feed during that other period of time and it says, oh, okay, well now I need to, to burn. And then you stop and it continues to burn. And so the idea is you're training your body kind of to burn a little bit more effectively uh, rather than always having a constant source to where it needs, it can keep the metabolism fairly low. So anyway, um, it's something that I hadn't really done much of and, you know, always thought it was a bit of a fad, uh, which is still probably the case, but, um, but I wanted to try it and I wanted to see if I could one start to consume less before I go to bed. So have that few hours before, um, but then kind of push this idea of longer periods of time without eating and then allow myself to, um, to, to eat when I, when I'm going to be burning it. So, so there was a, there's an app called simple or the service is called simple. And, uh, I, I jumped onto it, gave it a shot. Right. And so simple, uh, what it does, it's one of these that initially when you go to the, the website, I can't even pull up the website actually to show you like, um, you know, here are the plans because initially when you go to it, it says, okay, well, let's ask what you're here for, right? Are you here to lose weight? Are you here to blah, blah, blah. You go through a survey. So the survey, it does the things like how active are you? What's your age? What's your weight? What's your goals? What do you, you know, how often do you eat? What do you typically eat? That sort of stuff. So it goes through this entire thing, tries to get to know you a little bit. And, um, and then there is a monthly cost for the service. So I went with this initial kind of three month promotion that it had, which the three months came to $34 for the, for the three months. It was what, 10, $11 a month, something like that. But, but I've actually kind of enjoyed it. I don't know if I'll continue. um, But I think for the three months, I'm pretty happy I've done it. And let me show you why, Alan, if you'll, if you'll um, uh, share my screen. Okay. So this is my lock screen right now on my phone. Okay. Okay. And you can see at the bottom where it says, this is the kind of tracker that's constantly going that says, you've got this much time before your fasting starts because, you know, you started eating or you started eating X number of hours ago and we've set it up so that you're doing 12 hours right now of, of eating and then 12 hours of fasting. So it's a constant countdown that every time I turn my phone on, it's telling me, here's how much time you have left. And it'll give me notifications like 30 minutes before. It'll be like, hey, 30 minutes before we got to start fasting. Make sure that you, you know, you know, you wrap up everything you're going to do and get ready to, you know, once you're ready to go, let's start the fast. And then it'll do the same thing on the flip side. So later tonight or tomorrow morning, it'll say, hey, you've got one more hour of fasting to go. It kind of gives you this update, right? Which is pretty, pretty easy. It's something you could probably do on your own, just have little timer countdowns of 12 hours, 14 hours, something like that. But what's also nice is you can see here, and I just woke it up and you can see that it's also giving me some notifications, right? So it's telling me, by the way, are you staying hydrated? Because it wants you to log your hydration. It wants you to log your food. Mm -hmm. um, And it'll 
kind of give me some education that says, listen, if you drink more water, it'll ramp up your metabolism even more. Um, so great, that's good. So on this, this where it says log fluid and log food, so I, if I click here, this takes me to the app. And this is kind of what the app looks like. Um, you can see my timeline there of how much time I have until I need to start fasting again or that I should start fasting. And it wants you to start fasting at that period of time. And then on the flip side, so tomorrow morning, let's say I start fasting, what is this? That's going to be, you know, nine o'clock or something our time. So if I start mm -hmm. fasting at nine, it's set right now to 12 hours. So I don't eat again until tomorrow morning at nine. And then at that point in time, it'll start to tell me, hey, listen, you know, you can begin eating, but if you wait another hour, you're now in the fat burning, you know, phase mm -hmm. or whatever, right? So if you feel okay, go ahead and get some more water, try to, you know, try to go a little further. So it's kind of educating you as you go along. Mm -hmm. um, you do log food. What I, what's kind of cool yeah. is that they've taken into account the AI setup. So if I go in and say I log food, you know, I may say, well, I had pizza last night, right? It, you could type things in just, just regular typing and say, hey, I had, you know, eggs, bacon, and whatever. And it's using AI to try to rec recognize what you wrote, get a general idea of, you know, what, you, what you're eating, and then tries to give you some personal, you know, directions, right? To say, you know, here you track your weight. Now, what I don't like is that it doesn't automatically pull in things like exercise from the health app. Right. I mean, it's already logging my exercise through my watch, but yet over here on activity, I've got to, to kind of go in and log mm. my activity, oh, which yeah. is a bummer, Yeah, which is a bummer. Now I will say that really doesn't have anything to do with the fasting, right? Okay, I think it's true. just trying to say that it's, you know, it's wanting you to take advantage of all of these reminders and all of these log capabilities. Uh, if they would do that, if they would notice, Oh, we see you took a walk. We see you logged an exercise and all of that. And by the way, you're burning more calories than normal mm -hmm. because of this. Yeah, it would be fantastic. Be cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's also, Brian, it's also sorry. got the, yeah, go ahead. With the logging food, like how specific can you get? And I saw that there was a camera icon on there. Can, is it? Yeah. And I haven't tried it. Um, but okay. yes, you're supposed to be able to take a photo of your food. And then have it kind of recognize that. So far, I've just been doing kind of general language and said, okay, I had, you know, pasta with red sauce, um, something like that. Now, the first time I put it in there, it did give me kind of like, hey, that's a fairly high, you know, a high carb uh, meal. Since then, it hasn't really done that. And maybe because I haven't given enough info, um, that's what I'm going to start doing. Of course, I was camping, so I didn't really want to spend a lot of time you know, logging in certain things, but sure. I'm going to try to take a picture. I'm going to try to, you know, maybe um, see if there's some other ways that I can to do this. You could actually do it by voice um, just to tell it what you, what you're eating. But what's most important is that it recognizes whether it's been a drink or a, or a food It's trying to get an idea. Hey, did you, did you start fasting? Is that the last meal? So can mm -hmm. we start your timer now? Um, and if you forget, Right. I've, I went a, I went two days, I think, without logging anything and then went back backwards and said, well, OK, my last meal on that day was this. And then I didn't eat until this. OK, great. You you know, you logged your fasting. Um, I haven't gotten in too much to some of these insights, but there are some really interesting ideas. I mean, some of the stuff I did not 
you know, think too much about. It would say, where's your blood sugar? You know, you can see at the top, Alan, here, it says mm -hmm. now typically your blood sugar is going down because it takes into account when your last meal was. Now, if you, yeah. if you don't keep up the meals, then that's not really going to give you accurate information. Um, Hmm. So, you know, you've got the journal here. So the journal is where, you know, the things that I would have uh, put in, you know, some of the hiking and activity. It's got the explore button, which is if you are looking for, you know, uh, what are some some better foods to to try, ones to to get better uh, information in, and then of course it's got my information that I put in. A, uh, now, when I joined this thing and it said, hey, you get whatever percentage off if you do three months. And so I did that. It was that $30. They also said, would you also like a personalized workout program? We're doing that as a special for whatever, $20. And I did that. Uh, I haven't gotten that yet. Uh, I'm kind of interested to know if they take a week or so of what you eat and what you do and what your weight loss is going. Because mm -hmm. as you saw, my weight loss in this last week, I think has been about six pounds down, but mainly that's because of the hiking I was doing. And with the fact that we were up doing say, things yeah. all the time, mm -hmm. but you know, it'd be interesting to know if the workout plan comes and is a little bit more tailored. My plan at this point is I'm going to go three, three months with it and just to see if it can force me to get my habits. And if yeah. the habits work, then I'm going to try to find my own creative way of doing reminders and all of that to maybe plug in, Hey, daily reminder of this, yeah. or whenever I set a hot button that says I started fasting, remind me again in, you know, 14 hours to, you know, mm. to, that it's done something like that. So, but what I do love is I love the, the ability every time I open up my phone, it's That's telling right. me what's coming, what's coming. Right. And it also sends those, those reminders 30 minutes before fasting supposed to start, you know, or an hour before it's like, Hey, you almost, you know, get ready to start, you know, your fasting. And then on the flip side, it'll kind of keep pushing you to, Hey, if you go another hour, if you go 30 more minutes, yeah. you're in the fat burning stage. Right. So see, I've, I've kind of cool. I've toyed with the intermittent fasting and went through some phases yeah. with some things trying to start it out more as a, it was, <laughs> it wasn't a, by design it was a that was just kind of how my my eating habits were falling right. out right but i've experimented or at least been trying to read up and and see how that could work i i like the idea of an app telling me when it's okay to eat that yeah. i'm okay yeah. with that i mean somehow yep. sometimes i just need something to tell me it's okay to do this or this is when you should do right. this right and i think that's actually beneficial um to have so I'm curious now. I'm very, very curious. I may, I may just try that out. And now I'll, 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 I'll tell you on my eating habits. So yeah, yeah, I did not do searches to find out are there other great yeah. apps, better apps to do for fasting and reminders, or maybe there's free reminders set of apps that you can buy just to mm -hmm. cue you in and uh, and not do all the other stuff that this does. But I did like that. You know, I know. A decent amount of new about nutrition, but mm -hmm. I just like anyone else need reminders. And yeah. I think technology is a great way if you can build it to kind of get past some of your shortfalls. And for me, the shortfalls was always, you know, well, for one, you know, this is kind of on a side logging food mm -hmm. will easily make you start to eat less. 
at least in the in yeah. the meantime. Because sure. when you have to actually put down, this is what I just ate, it becomes a little embarrassing sometimes mm-hmm. when you do things. And then you're like, you think about it when you eat, when you're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to need to log this, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I better not eat as much, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but with the fasting part, I mean, a lot of people kind of poo-poo the fasting piece and I get it, right? I don't think it's so much about the fasting. I think it's really more about we don't need to eat as often as we do, or people assume breakfast has to happen because breakfast is the, you know, yeah. most important meal. We've always heard that. But if you think about it, if, if you eat late or eat later, breakfast really doesn't need to happen at the beginning. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. breakfast can be later. Breakfast doesn't even need to happen at all. It could be lunch if you've still, you're still burning, right? Yeah. But breakfast is great if you didn't eat that late. Yeah. If you finished eating at seven and you're like, hey, I'm done. By the time breakfast happens, that's great because now you've got the full day to, to work with it. But. So yeah. It really is more like a skip a meal or delay meals or really get your system to, you know, not want to constantly eat. Or if you do constantly eat, making sure that you're burning enough of that to yeah. to make the metabolism work. So a lot of what was happening with me is, you know, I would sometimes not get home from studio work or shows or whatever it may be until, you know, nine o'clock at night. And I was not eating during the day, so I was eating right. at night. Yep. And yeah, that's the worst time to be eating because yeah, you're going to lay down for seven hours, you know. Right. Not burn right. anything. But then I didn't eat anything the next morning either until like probably late afternoon. So it's like it was all concentrated in a six-hour period of time. Right. Know, six eight hours. Yep. So it kind of worked for a while. I mean, I wasn't definitely didn't gain any weight. I was losing some yeah. as I went along. But I, I I do feel like I need to have a more structured approach to it and a more right. a, a a truly a better approach for for me and in, in my personal situation. So yeah, I'm all for any app that does a pretty good job of guiding you on what you should do and and give you nice gentle reminders and give you some easy ways to to follow through with it. That's, yeah, um, that's good. And again, by no means am I suggesting this is the best one. I'm yeah. just this is this is what it does. It basically gives you timers, lets you now there's some shortfalls. One, like I said, it doesn't incorporate the uh um the workouts that you're already doing and yeah, already logged. This is a bad thing. Something they would incorporate. That would make it I would, so I would hope so. complete. Yeah. I would hope so. The other thing is it does do a bad job. If I went in right now and said I wanted to log um, uh, that I have uh, hydration, right? That I, I logging having a, you know bottled water or something, it pulls up a, a date and a time, and it doesn't always default to now. Sometimes it defaults to maybe the last time that you drank water, which is like two, or logged water with two days ago, yeah. and then I have to get remind. Oh no, scroll to now. It should always go to now. Right, it should always go to now that that, and then you can go backwards if necessary. So that's a bug that they have, and I'm going to probably let them know about that bug. Yeah, but uh, absolutely. But other than that, I mean, it's it is nice to have something that um, you know forces you to at least start thinking about this. And and sure. for some of these that are three month trials that are fairly inexpensive because they want to suck you in, they want to try to get you as regular users. I worry about them because you know programs like this. If all you're doing is teaching me when to eat, 
then I don't need you after a while, right? The habits yeah, sure. will hopefully get in place. But uh, so that'll probably be my goal over the next three months is, is get as much as I can out of it. If there's additional things, like maybe they start to really uh, manipulate the the way in which, you know, they educate me on things uh, more mm-hmm. effectively, then maybe I'll stick with it. But if not, I'll try to create my own timers and do some of the same, some of the same things. But again, logging food is a is a big deterrent sometimes. So if you're someone that, that wants kind of an easy way to uh, to to think about your food, try try logging it. Try you know I used to use an app. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it forced you to go in and it, you would pick you know how many uh, eggs and how many you know how many ounces of something, and you would actually put the actual information in there and. Um, and after a while, it it got to where you really started thinking about what you were eating because you knew that you had to be accountable for it. So, yeah. So there that's we go. Cool. Simple. Um, uh, yeah. I think that's great. That's a that's a good one. So uh, that's simple. Uh, simple dot life is the website, and then it takes you to the apps from there. Um, so yeah, that's a good call, Brian. Cool. Very interesting. Uh, definitely, maybe checking that out. So all right. Um, let's get to my uh, the last pick. Yep. We've got my second and last one. Um, all right, I'm going to go ahead and put a little disclaimer up front here. This is, um, if you are a artist, a, a true artist by profession, uh, you're probably not going to like this. If you are a graphic designer, you're not going to like this probably either. Um, there is a reason I'm going to recommend this as a, as a, as a bits tonight. Um, but just to understand, I get the inherent issues with this, this platform. This is an AI, artificial intelligence uh, platform. Brian, months ago, we talked about uh, using chat GPT for text-based AI. And then I think I played around with, I don't remember, was it Dolly was the the one we did for for pictures Mm -hmm. and art? Well, yeah. I think we Dolly, we looked at it in trying to make images, but then there was a different one that we used where you and I did. It was, uh, right. There was a different headshots. one. In, yep. in, in the, in, yeah, the headshots. Yeah, that was a whole different platform there. Right. So MidJourney is a is another platform that is really meant for art, um, photography, art, uh, g- AI generated, you know, both photorealistic and artistic generated works. And I started dabbling in this for a couple reasons, you know. Uh, for work, I'm constantly having to, for some projects we work on, for some uh, web work we do, we're having to generate some kind of stock images, you know, some stock photos we need to pull in. And I was just curious to see if what this, what this tool might be able to do for us to kind of generate some custom artwork that we needed. I, it was not a situation where it made any sense or we could really budget to go and get a, photographer or someone to go and create a piece of original art for us. We needed just some images just to go up on a simple listing on a website in one place or another. So we started playing around with the idea of, of using some AI to help with some image generation. Midjourney was a platform that I've heard a lot of people talk about. It was uh, kind of got a lot of raves uh, and I immediately saw it was a much better quality of things it was generating than some of the ones you and I experimented yeah. with a while back. So let me just even show you. I'm going to pull up just an example. Um, 
Let me bring up the window here. So this is uh, Mid Journey's showcase, their community showcase. This is just supposedly fairly recent photos or images that people have generated on Mid Journey. Hmm. Um, users have have created, and just if you're seeing this on video, uh, the image quality is really really nice. It, it's definitely a step up from a lot of the AI work that we were playing around with in in previous episodes. So of course they're putting the best ones up here on the on the showcase. So not everything that Mid Journey creates looks like this, but this is what's possible and what some of the community members are doing. So I got interested and I decided I was going to give Mid Journey a shot. So we went ahead and we did sign up for an account and I started playing with it a little bit and let me show you what we're dealing with. So when you go to midjourney.com, you go to the website you do have to um, sign up for an account. Now it uses Discord as its way of interacting with MidJourney. So Discord is an app. Um, I know my kids are all use it to talk with each other. It is a kind of a chat system on your computer. It's meant for connecting with other friends and you can talk and share images and share screens with one another. So a lot of people use Discord. Midjourney runs through Discord. So you do have to get a Discord account. It is a free service. It is a free account you can get. You get a Discord account, and that's what you use to go and, and join Midjourney. Now, there is a beta right now on Midjourney. The beta is technically free, but as of the time, as of three days ago, when I went in and tried to sign up for my beta, it told me, sorry, we're really overloaded and we can't offer any more free betas at the moment. So if you want to use MidJourney, you will have to get a plan to do it. Now, that's not always the case. I think it is depending on whatever they feel like their load is at the moment. So I do encourage people want to try it out. Definitely go check and see if you can get in at the beta level with a free account and they give you so many images you can create in that free level but it is a free level all the same i did have to go ahead and we're just doing it on kind of a trial basis for the next couple months the ten dollar a month level which is the basic level gives you about they say around 200 images you can create per month uh, on that account so yeah that's good let me show you. So once you sign up and, and you get in there, it actually opens up in Discord, that Discord app. That's where MidJourney exists. And so I actually, let me bring up um, my Discord app because I actually got the Discord app and used it to interact with MidJourney. It's a little confusing there, but bear with me. I'll kind of talk you through it. So this is the Discord app. And if you can see over here on the left-hand side, it's very much like Slack, if you're used to using Slack, where you can have different servers or different uh, instances you're, you're connected with. This is the actual MidJourney Discord. So when you join MidJourney and you log in, it opens up in this Discord window, and you're basically in this community where there's different rooms and there's different groups, and you can go in, like this is a newbies group, so I can go in and... Everybody is like trying out and generating images themselves inside this, <clears throat> this group. So I can see other people's artwork that they're generating and what they're trying to have done. Okay. Which is kind of cool because I can actually read people's prompts. Midjourney works with yeah. prompts. You type in a passage of what you're looking for in a photo and it will generate that. So here's a great example. This entire long paragraph was somebody's prompt. 
they typed in. They got very, very specific on what they wanted. And you can see the image it created directly below it, which is great. It's a beautiful image. It looks really yep. good. Yep. That's the idea with mid journey is you get very descriptive and detailed with your prompt and it generates a photograph or image based on that. Now what happens afterwards is once it generates an image for you, it's going to generate four iterations off of whatever you ask for. And then you can say, Hey, you know what? I really like uh, version one. So let's use that as the basis to now create other variations based on that version one. So it is a very iterative type of process where you start with a kind of a nucleus of a prompt and images. Then you say, okay, I like the one you did here, number two. So let's expand on that. And I'm going to add you more prompts to it and to try to get it more fine-tuned to what I'm looking for. So you see people are using it to create logos or doing photographs, mm -hmm. uh, all these things. Here's, here's a great workflow here. Look at this. This guy started and he gave a prompt. He's wanting a vector logo with the letters A and O combination, black, red, shadow. So it gave him four versions there to look at. Obviously, he said he liked number one. So it took number one and made some variations off of that. Okay, now he likes number four. Now he's seeing a larger version of number four. And then he got a little more uh, descriptive on it. He, had, I think he upscaled it a little bit more, added it uh, some more uh, improvement to it. And now it's come up with that. So hmm. same thing with the person who did the photograph. They have now given a much more descriptive uh, prompt for it. And now you've got four versions of that. And you see how they're kind of building off of those to get finally down to the version they want. Hmm. So you're interacting with an really AI cool. chat bot to do this. And it's really cool. Now, because I had to go ahead and get a subscription to MidJourney to start using it, it gives you the capability of creating your own server. So I don't have to be in this MidJourney server interacting with everybody else. I could actually create my own, which I did. So I have my own server, quote, in Discord that has MidJourney. I had to invite the MidJourney bot to be a part of my server. <laughs> so it's now here and I can talk to it and I can tell it what to do. So I just want to show you a couple of examples of what I did. With everything you want to do, every message, you have to use the backslash imagine. That is the prompt. And when you do that, it shows you right there. Okay, great. We're going to create images with MidJourney. So now I just start okay. typing whatever it is I'm looking for. You see there's a version right up here. This was for a project I was working on. An adult helping their older parent pick out the proper medication. That's all I said. Short little prompt. And you see I got four different versions that were done up, which all look pretty good. Now, I didn't say photorealism or give right. any other specificity. So it made these kind of more painted or a little more artistic looking. But, I mean, that's basically what I was telling it. I wanted it to see, and it gave me four versions of that. If I said, you know, like, yeah, I like number two. Let's work with that a little bit. U2 is upscaling. So I'm, it's upscaling version number two for me and giving me a higher version of it to look at. But I can go back and say, you know what? Actually, I want to work with version four a little bit more. So it's going to now, it is taking number four and it's kind of building off of that one. So you can see down here, it's prompting. It says it's waiting to start. That is the one thing that, you know, you're using this at the same time everybody else is. So sometimes it's not always instantaneous. You may have to wait a moment or two to see it, but it's building it as it's coming in. So you're seeing it working on your artwork 
as we're watching this. Hmm. It's taking the number four version I gave it before, and it's now giving me four variations off of that version. And it's almost done. It takes a takes just a couple minutes. And looks like we are done. All right. Well, now there is the four versions I've got from that version. Okay. Um, now, if I wanted to say, uh, let's see, uh, what was I wanting to do? Let me get rid of this. I'm trying to remember something else I wanted to do here. Okay. One thing I, I did find you could do is you could also upload an image and have that be the basis for what you wanted to start with. So hmm. let's just do this. I'm going to bring in, I'm just, I'm navigating on my computer right now. You're not able to see, but I'm actually going to bring in a photograph of myself. And of course I have an entire folder of that because I'm pretty vain. I like to keep that around. <laughs> um, let's see, where is it? Okay. So I brought in this image. Mm -hmm. Classic. Everybody knows that image. Yeah. Everybody, everybody loves this image. So great. yes. Mm -hmm. So what I have to do is I can actually go and copy the link for it. You see that little prompt down there mm -hmm. when I did a right clip. So now I'm going to say, okay, now imagine. And I'm going to, paste that link that it gave me for my image. I'm going to say, um, I want to look like as a Jedi Knight. Um, now, I, I don't know what it's going to do. I have no idea. But I've seen other people do this, so I hope it's cool. So we'll see. So it's taking my photograph, the one I just uploaded, and it's going to take that photo and do something based on it. So this is how it's kind of... Uh, so in other words, you know, I tried one time doing a prompt where I put in like a famous person's name and it generated something that looked nothing like that person. It was, it, this is though taking from a photograph, I think is ultimately the key. <laughs> All right. I'm already <laughs> loving where this is going. Let me just go ahead and tell you. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Now look, the faces are definitely not, yeah. does not look like me, but it's taking this from one photograph I uploaded. Right. So I get it. Right. <laughs> but you start to see what it's able to do. I mean, look, proportion-wise and all that, that one in the top right looks, I mean, it looks like an actual person, you know. Right. The rest of them, those proportions are a little weird in some places. But if I said, you know what, I like that number, that number two. And I can upscale that one. Or I can go back and say, all right, let's see some versions on number two. Now I could definitely give it more prompts and say, okay, let's have them where I want it to be. And I'm in a, uh, you know, cause right now it's got me in a movie theater. Like it knows my movie oh, right. the picture. I prompted it, but I could say, put me out in the forest right. and have me riding a dragon or something. I don't know. Yep. You could just and black, kind of black, black and white photorealism, uh -huh. uh, you know, on a white background. Okay. So mid journeys decided to go Ooh, the female make realm you now. female. Oh, sure not oh, sure why. That's interesting. Okay. But again, they're very nice looking images. Well, you're kind of feminine, so that, that's yeah, right. That's good I'm okay with that. Um, so yeah, so let's see where it's going there. That's interesting. 
Let me see <laughs> if I can get back. Was there, so you you went from there. You just did the upscale and you did the expand upon the versions. That's what the yeah the uh, v, v means. V is yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me let me start this again. I'm gonna do this. Imagine. I'm going to put in that as Jedi Knight in a forest fighting a... Is that, what are they called? Tom-toms or something? What, what, those, what were those things called? Yeah, it's a tauntaun. I'm trying to remember if that's how it's spelled. Hmm. Tom, uh, I don't remember how to spell it. Um, well, let's just go with a dragon. Okay, dragon's easy. The Jedi Knight in a forest riding a dragon. Uh, yeah. Okay. But now we'll see what's going to happen. It's again, taking my original photograph of me, I've expanded on the prompt a little bit more. And again, you can get crazy with these prompts and you can even get your prompt to describe what artistic style you want the photo to be in or what type of lighting you want to have. There's all these terminologies that people have been posting and putting up giant list of what kind of prompts really make it do certain type of artistic looks to your images. Um, so we'll see what this does. Okay. It's starting to generate it here now. Um, so very excited. curious on this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is not really riding on the dragon. I probably should have said mm. on the dragon, but I'm riding with a dragon. Oh, there's me one riding one on. Okay. This is actually looking a little more like me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So let's upscale number four. I'm just kind of curious how that one looks. Um, I guess the key for me there. Okay. Look, that's, from one image of me, it's not bad. It definitely has me with dragons. I'm definitely in a forest. It's working. Yeah. It's I think like you're kind of you're kind of loving the dragons, not necessarily riding them, right? <laughs> They're just I'm just hanging with the dragons. They're my buddies. Mm-hmm. You and your khaki pants are just, you know, chilling with the dragons. Yeah. What I want you to kind of get from this is what people are doing with mid-journey. Again, I was kind of playing around with just silly photograph prompts, but Right. I mean, look at what people are generating. Yeah, beautiful from stuff. Things. Yep. And I do think there's an art to knowing what to prompt and how to control it to get what you <laughs> want. I get that. Look, this is this is this flies right in the face of people who are designers and artists, and I hate that. I I really do. I wish there was a way to control it to where only people could use this if. It's just not practical to bring in an actual artist to do it. And you have no other means. Right. I don't want this to ever hurt the artistic community, but I do think there is a sense of artistry involved in knowing how to manipulate and manage this tool to get the kind of things you want. So it's a little, you take the good with the bad. I think there's some yeah. benefits here with it. Um, I love what people are doing. I'm kind of anxious to get a little deeper into it and play around with it some more. Um, I do have a mid journey server basically set up. So Brian, I may have to be sending you an invite and you can hop in there yeah. with it as well. Yeah, I'd love to. But um very, very interesting. Yeah. And no, I think it's fascinating. Yeah. It is. I mean, I what what I what I was gonna ask you though, Alan, do you 
do you, are there any copyright issues with using MidJourney? For example, if you create something, do you need to cite that you, or reference that this was created in MidJourney? I don't know. No. I, I, I will need to explore like if, that. If, more you, if know. you made money off of it, I guess that would be the big question, right? If you put it on a website yeah. in which you were making money off of it, um, I mean, I know that there are copyright issues if you take a picture of a person, right? You should really get their consent. And obviously, there's not any issues with using it because you created this using a tool, just like you would with Photoshop, right? Um, mm. To be able to do something. But I just wonder, you know, I know from an educator's perspective, that's one of the things that is going to be really new for me this sure. uh, this fall with our classes, talking about chat GPT. And mm -hmm. listen, if you turn it in, you know, the key is you have to let us know that you did that. And, you know, um, I am wondering with images, if the same thing, you know, someone, a media yeah. art student has to, you know, cite where they receive certain things, if you're making money off of it. Because to me, I think that's that's one way to make it a little bit more effective and maybe not hurt the artist quite as much so that artists can continue to stay ahead of the curve and know that, you know, there are things that are theirs rather than uh, machine driven. But agreed. Yeah, I, yeah. I need to now that I'm kind of hooked on the idea of this, I need to explore more of the, the legality and the. Yeah what needs to happen. Cause again, we haven't used anything in a commercial situation. I haven't used anything in a business situation. Right. We're considering wanting to do that, but I want to make sure we're doing it the right way and everybody's clear. on. Well, that. and I'm not, and I'm not sure even anyone really knows yet. Right. Because this, this whole thing started back in January, right? I mean, January is yeah. when, you know, <laughs> chat GPT <laughs> came about. I mean, this, this is all super, super new in terms me, of mass consumption. So can I just show you, I was experimenting with a couple that um, had to do with some projects I was working on. I was really impressed with this. I wanted a mm -hmm. close up of a Caesar salad with croutons and tomatoes. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Look at that. I mean, I'm that hungry. Looks great. Yeah. That looks <laughs> really, looks good. really good. Um, I did one, Brian, uh, People building a roof for a commercial warehouse building. That one came out a little interesting, but I mean, there's mm. definitely some area to work on. Now, I did one for our show, for us, for our podcast. Oh, did you? Um, yeah. Yeah, it didn't work very well. Um, <laughs> this was the prompt uh, down at the bottom of the screen. A little longer prompt. I, I wanted to be very specific with this one. Brothers that enjoy talking about technology with the younger brother being bald by choice and looks up to his older brother and relies on him for much of his knowledge. The older brother is definitely more handsome and knows a lot more and is generally seen with a much brighter light on him. Hmm. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, obviously it was very confused because it, <laughs> it doesn't have anything really to any reality to latch on to. Well, I, uh, it didn't quite follow what I was looking for. I think the prompting, I've got to really fine tune hmm. my prompting, but this is the images it generated. Now, <laughs> In all of these pictures, the bald, I've clearly said the bald person was the younger one that looked up to the older person, but yet it made the balder person hmm. the older person, which is weird. I'm really but, liking mid-journey. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think it's just, it's so knowledgeable and oh, this is great. So, uh, yeah. I mean, look, they're beautiful pictures. Um yeah, I don't. It did not follow my instructions very well. Oh, I think the first one just encapsulates brothers in tech. Actually, it's so basically like me I'm like educating you. <laughs> you are you are the older brother teaching me about something. 
and I'm a 12 year old kid. That's basically yeah. what Mid Journey and, decided to show. And you're fascinated with me and and what I'm telling you, and yeah. That's great. Well, then, of course, number two, it just said, you know what? I don't know which one's bald, so I'm just going to make them both bald. <laughs> so go back go back to your prompts real quick. I want to see the prompts again. Yeah, yeah. Prompt was. Because there's got to be some. I enjoy talking about technology with the younger brother being bald by choice. That might have tripped it up. I think just that phrasing probably wasn't very clear. And looks up to his older brother and relies on him for much of his knowledge. Hmm. The older brother is definitely more handsome and knows a lot more generally seen with a much brighter light on them. So I think it took that last phrase and applied it to the, made the older brother the one with no hair. Yeah. Yep. I I was yeah. trying to be a little, I was being a little cheeky with the description. I don't think it was sure. really the best laid out prompt to really make it work. Um, and have you found that prompts need to be like commas in between those yeah. semicolons that sort of thing to really break up what is what is happening yeah, yeah. play with some different versions i really look went and looked at a lot of other people's prompts that was the biggest thing yeah. for me yeah as i went and just really watched some of these other prompts and tried to get a feel from it they were in sentences so there are periods and yeah. there's yeah. comments and all that so it, it is very much in a paragraph format that they're giving the prompts but you know there again a perfume bottle hmm give a very clear description of what they're looking for. Um, let's see. Somebody at a desk computer with, uh, with stock trading. Um, I love these. You know, they took a photograph, I guess, probably of a book. Let's see. Yeah, it's the cover of a book. Okay. okay. I just pulled it up in another window. That link is a cover of a book, like a book that has a, a church and a graveyard in front of it and said, okay, make a drawing of that book. And hmm. that's what it kind of generated, which is Super interesting. Cool. A black man reading this book. I mean, yeah, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. That's the original book. Okay. Yep. They took that book cover, have somebody reading the book, and then they wanted a drawing of the book. And you see what it generated. Yeah, that's, there. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, this is the most fun is just actually going in and watch other people trying to generate these things and see what kind of prompts they use and try what you can pull from it. Again, I've seen, I've seen some prompts that were really like, there's a really very, very uh, detailed one about a logo they were looking to generate for a podcast. Yeah. And, uh, came up with something. So hmm. that's yeah, awesome. This is mid journey. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's great. I'm still wrestling with kind of, the best application for it and how it really would fit into our life. But uh, it's definitely been worth the, uh, the few bucks to kind of play around with it for this month for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. I have not <clears throat> jumped into mid journey at all, um, but I'm excited to, because I, I, as you mentioned, it really has floated to the top as being the premier uh, source for creating images like that. So, yeah, um, I, um, so if, if it's, Again, I know there's some some questions around how we should be using it as a society and what it means for artists and designers. I'm very sympathetic to that. I'm going to keep that in mind as we kind of tiptoe through it. But it is uh, pretty amazing. Like you said, over eight months really kind of feels like, as far as from a public-facing use of AI, right. Right. what we've already seen happening in that time period. So, 
Yeah, so pretty pretty amazing. It's exciting and scary at the same time. So it is. If if anything, people need to be aware of it and they need to try it because they need to understand what it does. And you know, if even if you're completely scared of what this may do, what AI is going to do, that's even more reason to be educated about it and to check it out. Because if I think if you go the other way and say, nope, I don't believe in AI and I don't going to do blah blah blah. Well, then you're not going to be aware of when it is being used the wrong way. So I think that that's good uh, call. You know, I don't feel guilty about trying it out and sure. exploring a little bit because I think uh, education about it is good. So, all right. So we had a very diverse group of suggestions this, this week. Um, yeah. And we, we had a solar powered battery briefcase, <laughs> we had a, a kind of a hacking a little smart home device. Uh, we got mid journey with image creation. We got Some something healthy fasting, healthy yeah. with our eating and fasting and so forth. Pretty diverse group of uh, suggestions. So I think we did pretty good. Yep. We did yep. Right. Well, I'm, yep. As always, I'm just super excited about uh, the bits episodes. We, we do well on that. I think uh, you got me mid journey is definitely something I want to play with. And uh I will uh, see the, if the Lutron Lutron's interesting. Yep. Yeah. Just again, it, it takes a few steps to get to where I think it's really could be interesting to play with. But uh, now mid journey though, however, I'm yeah. going to go ahead and see what I need to do about getting you to join my server. Cause I think That's I can great. do that. Um, yeah. Awesome. I'll see if we can make that work. I'll try that out. All right, Brian, if anybody hears these suggestions and maybe they've got something kind of related to one of them or has their own suggestions they want to funnel into us to maybe have us try out and talk about in a future episode, how can they go ahead and get a hold of us now? Yeah, send us an email at info at themesh.tv, info at themesh.tv. And uh, you can also go to our website at www.brothers-n-tech.com. And uh, we will be uh, we're getting ready to start some some new types of episodes that we'll be uh, putting into the mix. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. Some shorter, shorter episodes and some longer episodes. And we'll mix all these things in. So brothersintech.com will be where you'll want to go to to see those in the future. And now that Brian has said it out loud, that means we have to do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making you committed. It is on. It is it is recorded. We are. We are Got doing it. it. So <laughs> it is not from a, it's not from a matter of not wanting to do it at all. So I'm very excited about doing it. So just trying to make sure I, Brian, when I, when I give to the audience, I want to give all of me. I want to give my full attention, my full level of energy and excitement. And uh, I just want to make sure I can do that uh, each time. I don't like going in halfway. You know me, yeah. I prepped for every episode for days on end beforehand. Right. Uh, right. Big, big pile of notes going in to kind of organize every episode. I just want to make sure I'm not cutting anybody too too short uh, on these shorter episodes or anything else that we do going forward. So well, you are, you are more than welcome to spend those days on prepping these shorter episodes as well. So I know that you're right. you're committed. You're committed to our fan base and our audience. I am. I know you'll do it well. So great. All right. All right. Well, I think we're gonna wrap it up for today then. Brian, as always, fun talking to you. Enjoy. Yep. It. Yeah, I will hopefully talk to you next week. Yeah, we will talk to everybody next week. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.
Bye bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.